If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's dark in here. I apologize. Um, it's too late to get a light. So we're going to do it like this. Maybe. Wait. No, we're just going to do it like this. Oh, man. I mean, at this point, if you don't know who I am, uh, Dale, you know, host of Punchlist MMA. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into the program, welcome. Thank you. Um, although at this point, I believe that our, my, the... Punchless Nation is a battle-hardened group of uh, veteran degenerates and shit posters and otherwise uh, curmudgeony MMA purists. Um, I don't. I don't think any of us exist in the casual realm anymore. I believe we are the um, we're like the the PTSD rattled drunken uncle at a family reunion, right? occasionally say something funny but mostly we're just here to grumble and drop little pieces of sage advice from time to time is where i think we've landed uh i got a nice cup of earl gray you know a little sleepy time tea if you will uh just to keep just to keep the pipes wet not because i'm sick we've we've beaten the pestilence back uh into submission where it belongs but i'm just you know just keeping keeping things just keeping the pipes loose we got a uh we got a pay-per-view ahead of us so pay-per-views we always go a little bit deeper always a little bit more of a dive in and uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show part of the reason why is we've got an oceana heavy card and to be honest with you as the former number one sports podcast in algeria uh for two months in 2021 I've got a lot to say. Even though I know Algeria is nowhere near Oceana, I just wanted to drop that stat in case you guys forgot that for two months we were the number one sports podcast. I was the number one sports podcast in Algeria. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, and then I believe in May of 2020, 2021, cracked the top 10 in Australia. So, um, yes, I realize that... Um, I'm basically Uncle Rico talking about glory years right now, but that was a thing that happened. Chris said, I had two choices tonight. Listen to Sleepy Joe or listen to Dale. There was no choice, really. And you're right. There was no choice. Chris, and let me tell you why. One, uh, I can put together sentences a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit better. And then two, the internet's going to show you everything you missed anyway, right? Everything that that Muppet says tonight, you're going to see it anyway. Somebody's going to clip it. They're going to post it. You don't need the context because you know that it's a lie wrapped in a lie presenting itself as a truth with a shred of a lie inside of it. So it's really okay. You're not missing much at all. Uh, I can summarize the state of the union very quickly. You just take a picture of a dumpster and then you light that on fire. And that's basically what we got going on. We allowed a... Uh, we allowed a, I, I just, we're going to talk about the balloon real quick. Everybody's talking about the balloon. I just want to say something about the balloon real quick. Uh, I told you on Twitter, I said it. I said, if the, tw if the balloon makes it to South Carolina, I will do everything in my power to take it down. Um, the balloon got to South Carolina and what happened? What happened? The balloon went down. You're welcome. You're welcome. I told you, I told you it wouldn't make it past here. And it didn't, it didn't, it didn't. So you're welcome. You know, uh, I appreciate those who reached out on Saturday and were like, hey, dude, where are you at right now? As soon as they they, they started closing airspace over uh, the Myrtle Beach in Charleston area, uh, my whereabouts were unknown. But it was out. I was outside. And it was a nice, crystal clear day, um, although admittedly, I don't have anything that's functional to 60,000 feet. If that's how high it even was, Jake, do you really believe it was at 60,000 feet or whatever they said? Come on, man. That's bogus bogus you know i don't believe it for a second um 
one of the narratives that I thought was really funny with that is they were like, oh, it was a civilian aircraft that got off course. And then they switched that to, oh, it's not a civilian aircraft. It's actually, we've been trailing it the whole time. We've been blocking the signals, leaving it. Signals leaving what? It's a civilian aircraft. What are we talking about? What signals? What pictures? What are we talking about? That being said, I don't know if they know this in China land, but uh, Google Earth is a thing. You really don't need to... Um, you don't really need to use a balloon. You can just use Google Earth. I mean, it's it's really, it kind of shows you everything um, to an extent. And I'm sure they have it blocked out. That, hold on real quick, OPSEC. Um, you can go on Google Maps and request your house be blurred out. A lot of people don't know this, but if for some reason you want to be the only house blurred out on your street, you can go on Google, you can go to Google, submit a request that they take your house in the front of your house off of Google Maps. So whenever the little stupid Prius with the gay little tripod drives by, even though they take the picture, it's blurred out. So um, they go in post, post-mortem and, and get rid of that. So uh, those of you that live in rural areas or have obscure driveways, I would encourage you to do that because it, you know, again, OPSEC, just something, just something to consider, right? something to consider. Okay. Um, most people in your area are going to know that your home's there anyway, but in the off chance, you know, you can never be, uh, be too safe. All right. What happened last event? Anything worth note? We had a bunch of no name Asians, or as I call them, nations talking or fighting. And, um, there was, I mean, I listen, I'm, I'll, I'll just, I'll sound like, I'll sound like, you know, for the first time in this episode, I'll sound racist for a second here. I can't remember who any of them are, but the one guy had a great knockout. Nakamura, maybe? I think it was Nakamura. Um, leveled him. Leveled him, which was great, man. Um, producer Jake just hit me with a DM, said needs to take a dump. So I'm flying solo here for a minute. Uh, how long? Well, there's, when I take a dump, it's like 15, 20 minutes. I wonder what to producer Jake. He's got to, I wonder if he's like a power, like sit down and let it rip and then get back. I think he's probably a 15 or 15, 20 minute guy. That's okay. I can run the show anyway. Um, so yeah, man, the, 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 the nation showed up and then we had a main event, Sergey Spivak versus Derek Lewis. It kind of went the way we thought it was going to go. Right. I mean, honestly, the only downside to it, the only the only downside to the entire thing was whether or not we pulled the trigger on Spivak by sub, right? Because we thought maybe he might get Derek Lewis in a disadvantageous position and just club him to the point of submission or club him to the point where, like, you know, the referee steps in and stops it. But he did. He got the sub. So it was good. Uh, I think we were plus eight, plus 840 on that, plus 840, which was good. That's a good night. It's normal, right? We're, 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 we're moving back um, seven stages of grief are over and we're back. Right. So plus eight forty on the night. It's good. And then we have a pay-per-view here and I've got some, I've got some good spots. Um, now, admittedly, this will not be a place where we see 15 bets on the slip or 15 bets on the profile. If you follow me on betmma.tips, uh, which is free, by the way, free, everything ever, we've ever done has been free other than sell the occasional t-shirt. Everything else is free, free dollars free free 99 right my uh two favorite flavors are free and ice cold i can't do that with a podcast so it's just free right everything no patreon no paywall none of that now those who have it i don't knock the hustle get your money get your money but but um it's not it's not my speed right i'm not a discord guy i'm not a patreon guy i'm a free guy right Anyway, it's the spirit of America, freedom. Um, real quick, addicted to combat. I just saw him pop in here. Uh, he says, "Good evening, my friend." UFC 285 that Tuesday night. The, the the your normally scheduled program for UFC 285 that will be an abridged show here. We will be hard stop at an hour, and then after that, I will be switching over and joining. Uh, Patrick over at Addicted to Combat and we'll break down 285 more in depth there. He runs a longer show uh, than I do so we will do this one boom for about an hour I'll go through my picks quickly and succinctly as you know I can and then we'll rotate over to Patrick's channel uh, go ahead and go over to YouTube now 
or you're already at YouTube if you're watching this. Uh, navigate away from here for a second or at the end of the show, find Patrick's channel, Addicted to Combat. Subscribe there so that way on that Tuesday night, whenever Tuesday, two Tuesdays from now, you'll be able to make the switch accordingly. Um, just want to give some shout outs to people that are showing up. Guy who loves beer, man, I love you. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you continue to support the show. Um, I'm a functionally locked out of my Instagram account. So please hit me up on Twitter if you haven't, or shoot me an email. Um, and love to catch up. <clears throat> love to catch up with you, man. Hope you, the wife, the baby, and I believe you have baby number two on the way. I hope everybody's doing well and is healthy. Adam says, what's up, Adam? What's going on, man? Glad to see you here. Boston Bruce bets, um, late to the party. Cheers. And that airplane del- or that balloon delayed my flight, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it happens. And then my man Marv over hammer bets. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good to see you. Um, man, I just, you know, like I said, battle hard and grizzled. Yeah, I just oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Let's see. Um, and then ultra white says, just found your brother. Love the content. Hey man, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into it a little bit. Right. Um, again, Oceana, uh, Heavy cards tend to do a little bit more in Aussie land as far as downloads go. And anything with Islam, um, I get I get crushed a lot. Those of you who are unaware, we're just going to real. This is the last aside before we get into this. Um, when Dober fought Islam, as, as you know, I went hard in the paint, right? Um, very, very much so. Went crazy. Um, talked a lot of trash, which I always do anyway. Talked a lot of trash. Um the Russians didn't like that. They're really not a fan of that. Um, just going into the whole toxic fan base of Khabib and Islam and all that stuff. That they, they they just did not particularly care for that. Uh, the clip that we had with Drew afterwards, right? Because you know Drew always comes on after comes on after the fight. Our little a- after action report episodes. He comes on and he talks about what it's like. You know what he felt with Islam and the trips and the grips and all that kind of stuff. Whatever that was used on. RT, right? The Russian state media, like their version of ESPN. They used that clip. So we got all these, like, like all these messages from all these Russians. Like, you know, they had nothing nice to say about me. Um, they had marginally nice things to say about Trey, but really had nothing nice to say about our show. Basically said that we suck and that, you know, um, given the opportunity, you know, they'd cut our head off. But again, it's a religion of peace, but they'd cut my head off if they got the chance. Anyway, that said... Islam always brings out a good crowd. Oceana fighters always bring out a good crowd as far as downloads go. Uh, I hope to make some of you happy, and eventually I'm going to piss some of you off here. So let's get into it. Uh, Austin, a little late. What's going on? What's up, buddy? Jake's not here. Oh, Jake's back. Jake is a power dump. We do. We are right. He, he literally sat down, let it fall out, and came right back. I like that, Jake. I like I like that. Man. Did you got, you got a good wipe in, though, right? I can't have you. Okay, cool. Um. Jake's got his mustache freshly trimmed too. It is crispy, real crispy. I like it. It's real nice. Okay. Jake, can you give us that first fight uh, on the main card? Jimmy Crute taking on Alonzo Menafield. Atomic Alonzo taking on Jimmy Crute. Minus 185 for Jimmy Crute. Atomic Alonzo at uh, plus 160. Over on rounds is at one and a half. Jimmy Crute making that long awaited comeback after the devastating knee injury. But my man is back. He's feeling good. He's feeling strong. He's taking on Alonzo Menafield, who has a little bit of momentum, dare I say. Best pecs in the game, Mr. Alonzo Menafield. Um, but he's taking on Jimmy Crute, and Jimmy Crute getting the hometown rub here at the minus 185 spot. I'm going to ask you to proceed with caution here, given the layoff and Jimmy Crute's propensity to get hit in fights. He fancies himself a brawler, fancies himself this blood and guts guy, but I'm telling you, the body doesn't always agree with what the mind wants, right? You can get in there and try to fight like a Mexican boxer, but that doesn't mean your chin and your brain are going to comply with what you see in your third eye. It doesn't make it make sense all the time with the physiognomy of the body. You can't always do that. Uh, And Menafield hits hard. Right, uh, he's shown himself to have an inc- increasingly good gas tank. We can get about a good two rounds out of Alonso now. It was like six minutes, but he's got he's pushed it out to about two. Now, 
the flight, the travel, is he getting the right food? His layover, like the, the the jet lag, all that stuff. Like, is he getting everything that he wants while he's over there to keep that gigantic mean machine running the way he needs it to? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, if you're on the crude side, I would say proceed with caution. Minus 185 makes him a, 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 is like a small play, if at all play. Uh, but if I'm interested in this fight, I'm interested in the props, right? The props are where we're going to make some money on this event. And Alonzo Menafield and Jimmy Crute have no shortage of it. Under two and a half at 265. Ooh, that's rough. Um, fight doesn't go to decision. Minus 360. That becomes almost unplayable. What I'm interested in is fight doesn't start round three. Fight doesn't start round three. We can get it minus 190 right now. So if you're on the Jimmy Crute side to begin with, you're only paying five cents more. You're only paying five cents more, and you're giving yourself the the, the basically the added um, force multiplier of Alonzo Menafield, and you're giving yourself 10 minutes to figure it out, right? So for five cents more, you're getting both fighters and you're getting them for 10 minutes. That seems like a value spot for me. That seems like where we could possibly get this done. Both of them are going to try to hit hard. Jimmy Crute's coming off a long layoff. Unless it's a wrestle-heavy grinder approach, which I don't necessarily see him being able to do against thick-ass Alonzo, I think we see under... Th- I, see, I think we see no round three here. So... I'm looking at no round three start. Not necessarily sure if I'm going to go ahead and throw it as like super official play, but that's the spot I like for this one, right? So Crute, um, Crute Menafield, no round three. Uh, that's where I'm at. That is minus 190. So uh, Hammer says, I've had a theory since I started listening that there is no producer Jake and that it's all a bit. There is, there is in fact a producer Jake. Um, the the uh, routinely. Um, not routinely, but relatively routinely, um, you know, we'll, we'll have him pull up. So like last episode, producer Jake was on his, like Jamie from Joe Rogan show. I had him pulling up stuff the entire time. So, uh, most, most times like here, here, case in point, we're going to prove producer Jake exists. Producer Jake, will you take us to the next fight, please bring up the odds. Boom. Parker Porter versus Justin Toffa. Toffa to minus 120. Parker Porter at a plus 100. Over on rounds is at two and a half. Now, here's what I love about this. Is that everybody and their mother and their mother's cousin seems to be on Parker Porter for this. Very interesting. I see Porker getting a lot of love. And as a thick white boy myself, I understand and I can appreciate that. But, but... We need not discount the hometown advantage that a lot of these guys are going to have on Saturday. I know a lot of people are against Toffa because of the um, the fact that he couldn't get Vandera out of there. The fact that his fight IQ seems to be pretty low. Cardio, maybe around, maybe around and a half. And Parker Porter has this ability, like a guy who's been fat his whole life, or a guy who's been heavy his whole life, he knows how to navigate that weight well, right? It's not like he's just something about him genetically has him that 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 big, right? One of those dudes, it doesn't matter if you put him on the Dolce diet, he's not fighting at 205 ever. He's always going to be a heavyweight. It's just the way genetics will allow it. Okay. Okay, so maybe he, maybe he extends us out a little bit. But if we're at heavyweights here, and we are, Plus 100, like, I mean, people are really confident on Parker Porter this weekend. I don't see it. I really don't see it, man. Um, I don't necessarily know that Toffa's going to get him out of there. I don't know if he's got, you know, a one-punch sleep him. I, I really don't know what to think about that. Under one and a half, is it, you know, you're getting that at plus money, plus 115. Uh, under two and a half, is it minus 165? Anytime you can get heavyweights and under two and a half at a decent number, minus 165, that's playable, right? I mean, they're big boys and they're throwing. I think if we get a finish inside of that, though, it comes from one of two things. I think it comes from the outright exhaustion of an adrenaline dump um, from Justin Toffa. You know, and round one, maybe he hurts Parker, tries to get him out of there, can't. Round two, he's dead, right? And then Parker Porter gets a finish. Yeesh. Or he does complete it and he gets Parker Porter out of there. Maybe, maybe. Um, get yourself 12 and a half minutes at heavyweights, though. 
with the hometown crowd going crazy. It's not Vegas. We're talking about a hometown crowd, 12 and a half minutes. Um, it leads itself to believe that there might be a finish here. I cautiously, I cautiously lean to an under two and a half here. Um, cautiously. I don't get all the love on Parker Porter. We're going to talk about another person that's getting a lot of love this week or later on in uh, Luke Boone me. But I, I, for right now, Parker Porter is getting a ton of love. I, I thought it was like sarcastic, like meme-worthy love. But then I've seen a lot of cappers posting a lot of stuff saying, you know, three units on Parker Porter, two and a half, five units on Parker Porter. You guys are crazy. Crazy. I I, I mean, I I, I, uh, I commend the huevos to do so, but I, I will not do it. I can't do it. Uh, I'm going to pass. All right. Randy Brown taking on Jack Della Maddalena. JDM's at 13 and two. Randy Brown at 16 and four. Randy Brown's a plus 250. Jack Dell is at a minus 300. Over on her rounds is at one and a half. Okay. Jack Della Maddalena has all the makings of a star, right? Skill wise, performance wise, has all the makings of a star. Aesthetically, probably not so much, but seems like a good enough guy. Well spoken, really, really liked, respected, solid skill set, right? Solid skill set. Make no mistake about it. Randy Brown is his toughest test to date. Um, things that I like and things that I don't like. Okay, we'll start with Jack. Obviously, the boxing is there, right? I love that. Okay, perfect. Um, I like the cardio. I like the output. I like the volume. I like the head movement. I like all. I like all of these things. I like the momentum. I like the hometown. The hometown rub. Um, uh, the all of these things play very well. It, he also will not have a decidedly smaller reach advantage or disadvantage to Randy like Randy has over most folks. Um, it, Randy will have a, a reach advantage for sure, but it's not going to be as egregious as he as some other. Um, opponents. Okay. What I don't like about this fight for Jack is he doesn't protect his neck particularly well. And he gets himself in some weird spots whenever somebody tries to grab a hold of him. Uh, it can get a little messy. And Randy Brown with those long arms is not one to play with in that regard. So I'm a little nervous there, which leads me over to the thing I like about Randy Brown is those long arms. I like that he leans into the his jab and works behind it. I like the volume that he can that he puts out and I like that he hand fights. He doesn't allow you to continue to pump out the jab. He will parry, he will swat, he will try to grab and throw straights down after grabbing the hand. He's very active with his hands, right? I also like that he's not afraid to throw front kicks up the middle and he's not afraid to throw like the elliptical style John Jones kick, right? Anything to create that distance. Um, and if Jack wants to keep it a boxing match, obviously if you have a guy with, with a reach advantage that can live behind a jab like Randy Brown, you're doing okay there. The gas tank starts to fail for Randy though at times, right? End of, you know, end of round two, middle of round two, going into round three, he does slow down and can get caught, especially if Jack can set traps, if he can cut things off. Um, definitely can, can, you know, find angles to set those traps to get Randy circling to or from into something. Um, Randy can can lock up a submission. Randy by submission is probably the only play I would consider here on Randy Brown, right? Uh, you know, you, much can be said about Jack's power, but the power comes from the accuracy, okay? Um, don't get confused by the, the Nico Price knockout that somehow Randy Brown is chinny. He exits exchanges with his chin high. He fights like a tall guy, which at this point he's probably not going to fix in his career, which which sucks. That, that's a tough spot. Um, but realistically, Jack's not playable at that at that minus three hundred. He's he, you just can't do it. I mean, I wouldn't. Um, you could probably throw him in a parlay. Sure. Um, I hate to lean super heavy on violence, but fight doesn't go to decision is available widely at like the minus 190 range, which is something that I would consider given the run of KOs that Jack has had, right? Because Jack by KO right now is at minus 110. So the 
books are kind of either setting a trap or they're leaning us as to where they think it's going to go. Randy Brown by submission. And this is where I want you to consider a quarter, quarter unit play. Randy Brown by submission. This is the only way I think he wins this fight is at plus 1400 plus 1400 by on Randy Brown by submission. Um, just based on the way that we have seen Jack get into a couple precarious spots, namely the Ramazan Amiv fight. Um, there was a weird, there a weird little moment there, right? Um, so just, just, just saying, just saying, uh, Randy Brown puts him in that same spot. Things get dicey. So, um, Let's see here. DK hung a bad number on Randy Brown sub only at plus 150 and people crushed them. So they took it down. So if I'm reading that correctly, so sub only, that would mean that KO decision, everything else is just a no bet. So it's literally oh, plus 150 or get your money back. Oh man, it's good. Um, let's see if I comes back through anyway um so yeah i i think your randy brown sub plus 1400 um inside the distance minus 190 spot sure sure um i imagine as far as DraftKings go jack's going to be in a lot of the ownership will be high uh and i imagine we're going to see him on quite a few parlays as well don't love it but i don't hate it either i completely understand it's justified it's justified given everything that's going on it's justified if he goes out there and puts on a performance and just blinks Randy Brown out of existence, just just clicks him out, right? Um, he's already a star. I'll use the quote star, right? Um, situationally speaking, right? He's an Australia, New Zealand, Oceania star. If he goes out there and, and crushes Randy Brown, he becomes like the number three guy coming out of there. Like you, you probably have Volk, Izzy. I don't even know. I don't even know if they like Izzy anymore. Um, and then Jack's right there, right there. Um, all right. So yeah, he says exactly. Yeah. So it would just be, oh yeah. So 150. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If everything else is a no play. Yeah, of course. I bet they got hammered on it. Yeah. Or they got crushed. Yeah, for sure. That's a good, it's a good spot. Sometimes, you know, you know, who wouldn't recommend that is Minty. And we'll talk about this for a split second. I had no idea who this person was. And apparently a lot of other folks didn't, but um, I don't know if Gianni the Greek has been replaced, but they found a person to replace him, or at least was filling in in his stead for this last card. person by the name of Minty, Minty Betts, um, who is a, um, is a woman, is a woman. Uh, and yeah, I'm not saying women can't gamble. I'm not saying that that, I'm not saying that at all. They, some of them can, I'm sure. Um, I just haven't seen one. I just haven't seen one. I'm sure there's some out there, right? Like like funny women comedians. I'm sure there's some that exist. I just haven't seen one. So I'm just, just saying. I just haven't seen one at all ever in the history of comedy or betting. Um, all right. Co-main event of the evening, Yair Rodriguez at 14 and 3, taking on Josh Emmett at 18 and 2. Yair Rodriguez at the minus 170 spot. Josh Emmett coming back plus 145. I am torn here. I am torn. Let me tell you why I'm torn. Uh, those old school folks know that Josh Emmett is a friend of the program. Um we've had I've had Josh on before, spoken to Josh. Um, like him a great deal. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. Uh, the extent of our conversation when him and I spoke, it was after the Burgos fight where he destroyed his knee. Um, and him and I spoke at length at what it was like to fight with a busted up knee as a person that suffered a very similar knee injury, but not in a fist fight. Uh, mine happened playing dodgeball. Very different, equally dangerous and bloodthirsty sports. But uh, his, you know, his came as a result that um, from a fight. Anyway. Talk to talk to Josh at length, and one of the things that he really focused on was whether it was all for show or not was mindset, right? And I will say, fighting through a knee injury like that lets you know what a guy like that's made out of grit. I don't think he can be matched as far as grit goes. I, there was a time 
where I used to give Yair Rodriguez a bunch of shit for not being very gritty. But seeing that that he's gotten literally damn near beat to death, like his last three fights minus the Brian Ortega fight, I can't say that about El Pantera either. He's got some dog in him as well, or cat. Um, he's, he, he definitely has some in him. So it used to be my angle on the Yair Rodriguez was I take the Frankie Edgar approach. Frankie Edgar made him quit. And I was like, oh, this guy's soft as duck shit. Like there's no way, there's no way to play him. I, I, if somebody can out grit him, I'm not going to do it. He has shown himself to be able to withstand a great deal of punishment and still come out on top. Um, the Korean zombie fight, namely, um, you know, and he gave Max Holloway all, all Max could handle for, for a while until Max started pulling away. Um, he, he has it in him. He really does. You know, the, the thing with Josh, um, is he's 38 years old. I'm not 38 years old. I'm a year younger than that, but I know what, I know what it feels like. Um, I, it, this is, this is kind of it for him, right? I know it's for an interim belt, but this is the, this is like the penultimate moment of his, of his work and what he's been going after is this right here. Uh, and he's realizing it, you know, it, what I believe probably to be three years too late, biologically speaking, but I don't think that's going to deter him from this opportunity to case in point, like Nichols said here, the rumor, yes, the rumor going around is that Josh is fighting with an injured hip. Um, and I've heard everything from it being muscular to it having being that, um, the, whatever the ball is, was that the femoral cap uh, is cracked, which sounds ludicrously painful. I don't, I, I, you know, none of those things have been substantiated by anybody that I would trust unequivocally. Um, and he's not going to tell you, you know, you shoot him a DM and be like, Hey, Josh, is your hip busted up? And he's going to be like, mm, leave you on red. Uh, so that's interesting. Yari Rodriguez has, you know, has a lot of has a lot of tread left on the tires. So a loss here to Josh Emmett doesn't really do any. It doesn't do anything to hurt him. Um, he doesn't get the interim spot, but you know that the way featherweight is, it's it's such a it's such a logjam of people trying to get the Volk. It really doesn't matter if he loses here. He, I mean, he can he reasonably get a title shot by the end of twenty twenty three. Seriously, I mean, he can he can lose the he can lose the Emmett here, get another win, and come right back. Um, Josh Emmett, if he loses this fight, is never going to fight for a title again. Never. So do you, do you discount the the mentality, the mindset of a guy who realizes this is his one and only shot, right? Like this is his Eminem eight mile moment. This is his one, this is his one moment, right? Um, with a good wrestling base off of a camp, if he was able to get cardio in, his cardio will hold up and he carries the power that Rodriguez does not. Uh, with Yair being very hittable, do you discount that? It's very, very tough. That being said, Josh Emmett takes an exuberant amount of punishment every single fight, like an exorbitant amount. There you go, not exuberant, exorbitant amount of punishment every single fight. He he cannot, his body just cannot handle conflict anymore. Every time he gets touched, everything leaks and swells and splits and cracks. And I'm going to be honest with you, I thought he lost the fight to Calvin Cater. I really did. And that's, you know, having both of those guys be on the show before, that's just, you know, mutual friendship saying, I think you lost that fight, bro. Uh, I would be inclined to believe that, you know, I, I don't say, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve this spot. I'm just saying it just, I thought he lost that fight. Uh, and that, that has no bearing here on this matchup against Yari Rodriguez, other than the fact that it just further showed in that fight that his body has a tough, to, he just, he can't handle damage anymore. Like the body is just given up on it. You flick him in the eyebrow and his whole eyeball swole shut. Um, Yair is going to kick and jab and just hooks off the lead hand, you know, over and over and over again. Um, and he's going to try to avoid the one big power shot that Josh carries. That said, Yair doesn't, doesn't particularly well with damage very, very well either. Um, I, I won't play an inside the distance play here again because then you got the whole main card. You're talking about finishes. We just statistically speaking, we know that that's very rare. Um, I just I can't play into the law of averages there. 
it just doesn't it doesn't seem feasible. I'm not sure that it goes five rounds. Uh, if if Emmett's hip is bad, I I just it's such a rumor. I wish I knew. I really wish I knew. Um, I think we see an ugly split decision. If you're going to play a fight by split decision that isn't a woman's fight, this card this is a great one to do it. This is a great one to do it. Yair works off the jab. Yair works off the kicks. He's going to be faster. Um, if he gets Josh out of there, he gets him out of there early, I think. That said, I believe um, I, I believe if I had to pick, I told you 2023 is the year of the narrative. They just announced that a new UFC PI is going to be built in Mexico City. What other person would you rather have christen the champagne bottle on opening that place up than uh, whether it's interim or not, featherweight champ of the world, Yair Rodriguez. So I'm going to take Yair Rodriguez here. Um, I understand that that makes me a Judas for going against a punchless alum. I hope that that Josh wins the fight. Okay, we have a we have a split between heart money and smart money here. My money money uh, is on Yair Rodriguez. My heart money is Josh Emmett. But you guys are here to make money, money. Yair Rodriguez, it is. Um, but nothing would, I would be very happy to see Josh win that fight. And I think he has the tools to do it. I hope the hip is healthy. Uh, but I'm on Yair Rodriguez. I'll just take a money line here. Um, and I'll do so. I will do so uh, very small. Um, you know, maybe, maybe one, one and a half to two, right? So that being said, mm-hmm. um, Yair, Yair Rodriguez, interim interim featherweight champ, Mexico City UFC PI. So Matt T says, a "Little tardy to the party." I love, I love, uh, I love the word word play, and I love the, the rhyming. Um, MMA, Jesus Yair is too fast and too active. His chin is too Mexican. It's possible. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, and then throwing a little shade at my man Hammer Bets. Come on, man. Come on. It's all one big happy family here. Um, all right. Main event of the evening. Producer Jake, let's do it up. Islam Makachev minus four. Volk plus three. Over on rounds at two and a half. The long and short of it is if you're on the Makachev side, Makachev by sub plus 150 seems like the play. It really does. Um that that just that just seems to be the way to take that if you're on the Makachev side of it. I can't. There's no point in going to some in-depth breakdown on this because these are two guys that have been widely scrutinized, widely poured over, widely dug through, widely analyzed. Everybody knows what to expect, right? You're taking Islam and you're going Khabib 2.0. You're taking Volk and we're taking every piece of tape, film thoughts, prayers, whatever, and you're talking about the guy that beat Max Holloway three times. I didn't think he beat him the first time. Can't believe he beat him the second time. Dominated him the third time. There ain't a person on earth that's beat Max Holloway three times in the world at all except Alexander Volkanovsky. The resume speaks for itself. He is on another level right now. All that to say, nightmare matchup for him. Would have loved to see him come up to 155 at any other point in time. Maybe just you know, try to let somebody else like Poirier or somebody, you know, anybody beat v- Makachev. Um, you know, I just, the Volkanovsky just stand up is not going to work here. It's, it's not going to work here. I, I know, I know, oh, he just, he's got, you know, he, he grabs the single, he posts the hip, he rotates out, grabs the underhook. Okay, fine, whatever. That's, that's all well and good. It's just not going to work here. It's just that you have hands like feet and feet like hands. Um, it's he just cannot. He's not going to be able to get it done. If 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 Chad Mendez, if Ricardo Lama, if all these dudes could give him all he could handle on the ground. Not to say that he's not better now, but I I just don't see. I don't see it. And they're going to make much ado about well, Volk was used to be two hundred and forty pounds and play rugby, and he's used to like big strong guys and all that stuff. I completely understand. I hear you. I understand your words that are coming out of your mouth. I just don't believe it's going to matter against Islam. I really don't. Um, I hope it does. I would love to see Volkanovsky beat him. I, 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 I really would. I think it would just, just, I think it would set 
the fan base ablaze, like the the Khabib fan base, the Dagestani Russian just fan base. I think it would just set the whole thing into just a surface of the sun level of self-immolation if he lost this fight. Okay. Um, Makachev by sub plus 150 is a good line. Uh, Makachev inside the distance minus 110. Minus 110. I don't see a way that he wins other than sub um, unless, again, it's one of those things where he just gets Volkanovsky in a disadvantageous position, gets the back, comes up, can't get the hands underneath, and he just starts raining down shots on him while he's got him tied up from the back, possibly. Um, Big brothers him, pulls a hand behind, hits him with the old Dagestani handcuff, and he can't get out of there. Um, but given the the way the Ortega fight went, I think, especially if Herb Dean, Lord knows, who, who knows if Herb Dean's going to be there or not. Gosh, if Herb Dean's refereeing this fight, who knows what the hell could happen. Um they're going to give Volk every chance in the world to work if it's punches. They'll give him every chance in the world to work based on what we've seen in the Ortega fight. And I know that didn't come from punches. I know that came from disadvantageous submission positions. But the reason why I say that is because, it, for all intents and purposes, it looked like Volk was just mere moments away from surrendering the belt, and they can and he escaped. So you 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 understand that a guy has the self awareness of a position. And you got it, and he will continue to work and will defend himself. So I don't necessarily love Makachev inside the distance so much so as I love him by sub because that just seems to be the most likely path to victory. Now, other in- interesting props here um, for this fight that I think you should consider over one and a half, you're minus 315. Don't necessarily love it. Um, under one and a half is at minus 220. We're getting closer under two and a half minus 125. Under three and a half is at minus 127. If you're on the Volk side, I want to know how you think he wins this fight, right? It's got to be by decision. I don't think that you think he's going to go out there and out wrestle um, Islam. He just He's not going to do that. Do you think he tags him? Do you think he hits him? so hard he knocks him out like is that what it is or is it like death by punches right like is it is it volume that gets him out of there do we think he wears him down over the course of a couple rounds they're gonna say well khabib's not in the corner so let's take that out of there uh fight fight won't start round five minus 135 is interesting um if, depending on how you think volk can win this fight uh volkanovsky by decision in my opinion, is most likely path to victories at plus 650. Definitely something to consider. Uh, Makachev wins in round two. Is it plus 500? Makachev wins in round three. Is it plus nine? Dober, similar body build of Volkanovsky. Shorter, heavy, muscular, very physically strong. Makachev submitted Dober in round three. I think Makachev submits Volk round three i'm sprinkling it at plus 900 so things that i'm considering here things that i'm playing sorry things that i am playing for this fight islam by sub plus 150 sure very small islam inside the distance based on position i'd hate to lose it um because of punches minus 110 or what i say plus one to shit hold on let me go back Damn it, damn it, damn it. Uh, what I have, Volk. No, 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 no. Yeah, minus 110. Makachev wins inside the distance, minus 110. Volk by submission at plus 650. Small sprinkle. And then Makachev wins in round three, plus 900. Those are, those are my sprinkles for this one. Um, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm sitting. Just outright, I think Islam wins. I just think it's about I just think stylistically it's a bad match for Volkanovsky. Uh, I hope he wins. Again, main event and co-main are Heart Money versus Smart Money. Heart Money's on Josh Emmett and Volkanovsky. Smart Money is on Rodriguez and Islam. Uh, but only one money line's playable, and that's Yair. And I'll I'll play, like I said, Islam submission plus one fifty. All right. Okay, Producer Jake, we have gone through the entire main card. 
We got some early prelims, a couple spots to touch here. Not a whole lot, but we've got a couple. Like I said, probably light, less, less than 10 plays this weekend. Um, Zabira Tugagov at 25 and 1, taking on Elvis Brenner at 13 and 3. Brenner to plus 400, Zabira Tugagov minus 600 at over on rounds at 2.5. You know, it just makes sense to put Tugagov on a fight on a card where Islam is because they're just going to travel together anyway. You know, they're just, they're rolling together. You might as well save money on airfare and hotel rooms because they're all going to be there together anyway. So you put Tugagov on here, you give him Elvis Brenner. He should win this fight. I see some people that are on the Tukagov inside the distance play, and I believe he's the most expensive fighter on DraftKings this weekend. Um, bet that at your own peril because the dude is a just a walking decision. Um, and he fights down to his competition. He does not elevate himself. Um, so I, I would I would proceed with caution there. Minus 600, prohibitive favorite here. Won't touch him at that. Under two and a half, if that's your speed, go for it. Uh, this is a no bet for me, and I wouldn't even recommend playing Elvis Brenner because I think he's grossly outmatched here. Uh, I just, this is, it's not even dog or pass. This is just 100%. I'm going to stay away from this fight. All right. Next one, Jake. <clears throat> Let's see here. Shane Young taking on Blake Builder. Blake Builder at seven and oh. He's got one no contest on there, and then Shane Young at 13 and 6. Um, I see a lot of people that are on Builder here. Um, from what I have seen, um, he has the skills to beat Shane Young, who I believe to not be a UFC level talent. Uh, but I, I, I have heard and have seen he gets he tends to get hit a lot, right? He gets his bell rung. Um, I don't know if Shane Young's the one to get him out of there. Um, some people that I know that are much smarter than me that pay attention to guys, and I told you I won't bet on people I haven't seen fight before, um, have said that Builder is a play here. So uh, if you're here and you're wondering my opinion on it, my opinion is to check my betters and my peers, uh, and they believe that Builder is a play here. I won't play Shane Young. I don't think he's a UFC-level talent, but I don't know enough about Builder to play him. Uh, under two and a half seems seems like a thing if Builder is as good as he says as they say he is, and the fact that the skill set he carries. But I won't know until I see him fight Shane Young. So this is a no bet one for me as well. Um, next up, we've got Loma Luke Boomy taking on Elise Reed. Elise Reed at six and two. Loma at seven and three. Loma Luke Boomy is at minus two seventy five. Elise Reed's at plus two thirty five. And I want to talk some sense into you for a minute. We're in we're in the trust tree here. Okay, this is me talking to you as a friend. If you bet Loma Luke Boomy at minus 275, I can't help you. I can't do that. You're by yourself. I, I can't. I will follow you almost anywhere. Any, You guys know this. You send me a message. You're like, Dale, I like this play. Even if it's directly contrary to something I said, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain you. I won't entertain Loma Luke Boomy at a minus 275. I will not do it. Elise Reed... Plus 235. Now, does she deserve to be the underdog against Loma? She absolutely does. Yeah, she's she's not she's not very good. Um, but I would ask you, like, really, really self-reflectively speaking here, do you think Loma is minus 275 against anybody? Should she be minus 275 against anybody? I don't know if she should be minus 275 against some, you know fat chick on a world star hip hop video, let alone minus 275 against Elise Reed, who actually trains to fight professionally. Um, I, I I mean, I have to play Elise Reed here. I have to. This is the low level women's mixed martial arts, mixed martial arts spots we talk about. Both of these women are so bad and one is such a heavy favorite. We can't not play it. You can't not play it. What's Loma going to do? Knock her out? Oh, when? Round three? Oh, yo. Loma by sub? Ooh, I can't. I know a lot of people are on it. I just can't follow you there. I can't follow you there. Like uh, my, like my man Samwise said, I can't follow you there, Mr. Frodo. I can't follow you there. Uh, I will play Elise Reed. Just based off of women's science. It has nothing to do with the analytics of how good they are fighting because they both suck. But, I, I mean, it's low-level women. 
plus 235. I have to. You're just you're making it. I mean, I I can't I can't play I can't play Loma to do anything. Oh, except like have a low fight IQ. Oh my gosh. Elise Reed plus 235. I don't even like the fact that I'm saying out loud that I'm gonna play Elise Reed hurts my feelings, but um I certainly can't switch over and play Loma. All right. Jack Jenkins taking on Don Shanus. Don Shanus at 12 and 4. Jack Jenkins at 10 and 2. Shout out to my boys. My boys, the Run It Back podcast, they love Jack Jenkins and they love Jack Della Maddalena. And these here, here's what here's what I love about those boys, right? And you guys know I love them anyway. Um, if you haven't already, the best produced, the best produced MMA podcast out there right now, with all due respect and disrespect to everybody else, my show included producer Jake. I understand this. They are the best produced show out there. They do game shows. They do sound clips. They do video clips. They do the whole. It's like watching a show on ESPN. I love those guys. Check it out. Run it back podcast. Okay. iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. Show them some love. Criminally underrated show. Anyway, they do a lot of stuff with eternal in the uh, Australia regional scene. And they have been on Jack Jenkins and Jack Della Maddalena for years now and have, have made it abundantly clear that these dudes were the future of Aussie mixed martial arts and have told me this, you know, as long as I had ears to hear and eyes to see. Um, so we get Jack Jenkins, right? And we had him on contender series and you see what the what contender series fade, but Hometown fight and a very winnable fight against Don Shanus. Minus 335. Uh, if you're talking about parlays, right? If you're going to throw J- Jack Della in a in a parlay, um, I like I like the Jack and Jack. I, you know, I, I'll take a Jack and Jack parlay, if anything, maybe. So minus three, whatever, minus 335. Well, we're going to get minus 180 spots on it somewhere in there. Sure. Sure. Why not? I'm not going to unload, but... I'll make it palatable. Um, Overrunner and rounds is at two and a half. Oh, I did the teeth suck thing. I'm sorry. That's annoying. I had, I really had gotten away from that for months now, and I just did it again. Apologies. Uh, under two and a half minus 175. They don't think this fight's going to decision, but you can get fight doesn't go to decision minus 185. So you're sacrificing a dime and you're getting another two minutes and 30 seconds. The two minutes and 30 seconds has been crushing us this year. So Jack Jenkins, Don Shane is inside the distance minus 180. Lock it up. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, let's see here. Jamie Malarkey, Francisco Prado, Prado at 11 and 0, Malarkey at 15 and 5. Over on rounds of one and a half. Malarkey at a minus 270 favorite over Prado, plus 230. Prado is a finisher. Malarkey can finish. He loves violence and he loves brawls. I don't necessarily think that's a great game plan against a guy who can turn your whole world upside down in Francisco Prado. But that being said, I see a lot of people on the under two and a half and inside the distance plays here. I will take under two and a half based on the penchant that both of these guys love to finish fights that and that alone is enough to get me to bite um if you can finish fights i will take a shot uh reasonable expectation that you will do exactly that so we will play that um under two and a half is at minus 150 but fight doesn't go decision minus 175 a little juicy a little chalky but we're gonna take it uh again i'm not getting burnt on these two minutes and 30 seconds anymore i got crushed on them Three events ago, two events ago, everything was ending in like the in the third round. I'm not doing it. You're not getting me with those 30 seconds anymore, especially if I'm just sacrificing dimes on the dollar. I won't do it. So uh, give me inside the distance there on um, Malarkey and Prado. Clayton Rodriguez taking on Shannon Ross. Shannon Ross 13 and 6. Clayton Rodriguez at 7 and 2. Rodriguez. Excuse me. Here's a minus three twenty over Shannon Ross plus seventy, and I think that's appropriately priced. Clayton is a he's a this is a bad matchup. Um, I don't know much about Shannon Ross, but I know Clayton Rodriguez, and he's a tough matchup for anybody. So unless this kid, you know, is coming out and he's he's some sort of um, 
I don't know, whirling dervish violence. I think Clayton gets him out of there. So uh, Clayton Rodriguez minus three twenty on the on the money line might be a little bit too steep, but looking at him here, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's see here. Let me pull this back up. Rodriguez wins inside the distance. Plus 138. Nice little plus money spot there. I think that's where we go. I think that's where we go. All right. And we got Joshua Kulabau taking on Melsic Bagdasarian. Bagdasarian at 7-1 taking on Josh Kulabau at 10-1. Do not be... Do not convince yourself that Josh Kulabau is not good based on the Jalen Turner loss. Um, Josh Kulabau is very good. This fight is a pick em for a reason. Melsic Bagdasarian is very good as well. Um, I see a lot of movement coming in, a lot of money's coming in on Kulabau, and justifiably so. Nichols says Ross is a live dog, in my opinion. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love having a read that's completely opposite of you. Oh, cool. I like it. All right. Um, Melsic Bagdasari and Josh Coolabout to pick him under over on two and a half. Uh, I would lean Coolabout here. Realistically, I will probably stay away from this fight and, and just enjoy it. I'm leaning Coolabout though. Um, this is going to be a very tough and very competitive fight for both of these gentlemen. And um, just one of those, I think I give the power advantage to Melsic, but I think. Everything else goes to Josh. I would, I'll lean cool about, but this I'm not going to play this fight. All right, and then last but not least, we have the featured prelim: Tyson Pedro at nine and three, taking on Modestus Bukowskis at thirteen and five. Bukowskis at a plus two hundred spot. Tyson Pedro at a minus two thirty. This came out. Tyson Pedro is like a minus eight hundred, and then reality kicked in and it was like oh he's not fighting harry huntsucker like this is a real fighter he's fighting now i think bukowskis is a live dog here at plus 200 pedro is mediocre at best he's got a lot of love coming back from a long layoff and getting two absolute cans to fight um he's fighting a real fighter now i know bukowskis suffered the knee injury to Cleo roundtree but he went out got another win outside the promotion and now he's coming in he just fought like a couple weeks ago, he's in fight shape. He got out of there relatively unscathed, if I'm not mistaken. And he's coming in, he's fighting Tyson Pedro. I understand the whole, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, like uh, the whole arena is going to be behind him, right? But um, I, I'm I'm on Bukowskis here just based off the live dog, live dogness of him and the averageness of Tyson Pedro. It's just, it's, it's a play against... Pedro more than it is a play on Bukowskis. I just I think Pedro is grossly overrated right now, just grossly overrated. Um, hometown fight be damned. I think this is I think he's grossly overrated uh, in in this spot in this spot. Um, so I'm gonna I'll play Bukowskis. I think Bukowskis is probably the only plus two hundred or greater dog that I'm really considering this weekend, and and he's definitely the only one I'm playing. I believe, uh, but we'll see. So that being said. All my plays will be available on betmma.tips. Feel free to go over there and follow along if you want. Again, it's all free. Just go and search for Punchlist MMA Podcast, Punchlist MMA Pod, one of the two. It's on there. Um, that's really kind of it, guys. You know, it, we, we went through last week. Everything was good. Um, just everything, just been keeping everything kind of right in front of me this week. Um, Last week was a little bit more introspective, but everything, you know, we just been cruising right along. We had a we had a decent, healthy night last Saturday, got some dubs, stayed up late. Um, I will be on Friday, I will be on a live stream with Blood Money Bets and Johnny K Picks over on Johnny K's channel. UFC 285, like I said, I'll be over there on Patrick's channel, uh, Addicted to Combat. And then for 286, Patrick will be back over here. So we're going to alternate pay-per-view. So 285, I'm going there. 286, he's coming here. Um, February 25th, Haley Cowan's fighting. And you guys know that we love Haley here. Uh, going to see if we can't sneak her on next week or the week after um, be really cool to talk to her fight week wise you know she's going to come in and shape um so it'd be cool to talk to her if we can if we can make it work if we can get the schedules to line up instagram's dead i can't log into it 
Um, and the password recovery email is a dead email. So it's Twitter. It's, it, it's it. I just, I can't, I don't know what else to do. Um, so there, there is no password recovery and Google is no, no help whatsoever. So, uh, that's okay. Less social media, the better. The email, we're going to change that on here as well. You can shoot me an email at chat at punchlessmma. I won't get it. That email is functionally dead as well. Um, for some reason, Google is just not, it's not sending or receiving anymore. So it is what it is, man. We're just going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off and then we'll, we'll adjust and, and recreate as we go. Um, but yeah, if you haven't already done so, feel free to like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Follow along if you want to. If not, that's okay too. Tail fade. I just hope you cash. Um, nothing deep, nothing crazy this week. Just appreciate you. Um, hope you're doing well. Hope you cash. I'll see everybody on Saturday. We'll live tweet along. And then in the meantime, Friday night, like this time, I think at nine o'clock, I'm supposed to be there. Nine o'clock, I'll be on Johnny K Picks YouTube channel. Go check him out. Johnny with an H in it. Spells it a little funny. Johnny K Picks, uh, his YouTube channel. I'll be there Friday night. We'll be talking about these fights as well. So I'll see you Friday. And if I don't see you Friday, I'll talk to you Saturday. And if I don't talk to you Saturday, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. And if I never hear from you again, I appreciate you and I love you. All right. Be good to each other, guys. And we will see you this weekend. Adios.